Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello, welcome back. Welcome to the Joyful Courage podcast, a place for inspiration and transformation as we work to keep it together while parenting our tweens and teens. This is real work, people. And when we can focus on our own growth and nurturing the connection with our kids, we can move through the turbulence in a way that allows for relationships to remain intact. My name's Casey O'Rourke. I am your fearless host. I'm a positive discipline trainer, space holder, coach, and the adolescent lead at Sproutable. Also, mama to a 20-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old son. I am walking right beside you on the path of raising our kids with positive discipline and conscious parenting. This show is meant to be a resource to you, and I work really hard to keep it really real, transparent, and authentic so that you feel seen and supported. Today is a solo show, and I'm confident that what I share will be useful to you. Please don't forget, sharing truly is caring. If you love today's show, please, please pass the link around, snap a screenshot, post it on your socials, or text it to your friends. Together, we can make an even bigger impact on families around the globe. If you're feeling extra special, you can rate and review us over in Apple Podcasts. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a solo show. You and me, you and me. I'm going to start this show off with a story that unfolded just yesterday. So, as you know, I have a 20 year old. (laughs) She's the star of the show, Rowan. And it recently came to my attention like two days ago, that she had explored a choice that I had a lot of feelings about. And she's given me permission to share my experience of this particular situation, but not the finer details. So I'm going to leave the fine details out. But all you need to know is something went down. She made a choice for herself that was really scary to me. And I found out through her dad and it happened like a month ago. And I knew I wanted to have a conversation with her. And I knew in that moment, like, okay, I want to make sure that I'm like ready for this conversation. And of course, the next day I'm talking to her on the phone on my way to the gym and I just bring it up. I'm not prepared. I just can't not say something about it. So I bring it up and I say, hey, you know, dad told me that you did this and I'm kind of shocked and I'm really scared and I'm really disappointed. And here's all the things that could go wrong in that scenario. And why did you do that? And I just really came at her. And she responded, she's a pretty good self-advocate. So you know, she responded with like, it's fine. You know, I'm not doing that anymore. And 
was just something I tried and then I realized it wasn't for me. So, but I just kept going at her in a really calm way, but very judgmental until of course she says, okay, well, I got to (laughs) go. And at the start of our conversation, she said, hey, what are you doing tonight? Can I come over for dinner? And that was exciting. And at the end of our conversation, after we hung up, she texted me and said, you know what? I can't come over. I've got a lot of studying to do and tonight's not a good night. And it was such a illustration of, you know, her pulling away, her feeling judged and criticized and like, screw you. You know, if that's how you're going to hold me, I'm not going to spend time with you. So more about that at the end of the show, but it really got me thinking about pain points. Well, that, and also I'm in a podcasting mentorship program right now, and there's conversation around, you know, what are our clients' pain points? If you look online, if you look at parent educators and classes and things, you'll see we've all been trained to say, speak to the pain points, right? And when clients come to me for coaching, you know, they do speak to those pain points. My teens are out of control. There's sneakiness. There's risk-taking. Our relationship is shot. Maybe there's mental health or learning disabilities. There's an intense pulling away from the parent. You know, you look at copy on websites and it's like screen addiction and substance use and risky, you know, sexual behaviors and Those of us that want you to come and work with us, we want to grab you. We want you to feel seen, right? So we speak to your pain points. And what I'm noticing and what I'm considering is, you know, yes, those things are all intense, but what is the real work that's happening for parents, you know, at least in my orbit, right, where we work together? What I hear from parents when they get on an explore call with me is, you know, we're really just needing help with how we move through this part of our parenting journey. Or, you know, I've heard, this is directly from some of the explore call applications that I've received. We feel like our son who recently turned 18 is suffering from low self-esteem and believe he has no hope. Or our child has substance abuse issues or our home feels like a war zone some days with the teasing and the reacting and the counter reacting. You know, I've even heard that, you know, currently connection feels like I'm putting myself or my values aside and being a doormat, enabling my child. And all of these parents, what they want most is they just want help, right? And I get it. We move through parenting, right? In the early years, the elementary years, we get to adolescence, teen brain development kicks in. The beliefs our kids have been forming over time take center stage, individuation ramps up, and parents, right, are on the sidelines feeling really out of sorts. And I would say also out of control, right? The theme that regularly shows up with the people that reach out to me, the themes are, I want to mend our relationship. I'm scared and I feel like we're out of time, right? We get to adolescence and all of a sudden what's felt like the longest (laughs) road to launch is now a lot shorter, right? And is there time? People get on the phone with me and while they're in desperation mode, most of them still have a sense of humor, 
which is awesome. I get to build an experience of solidarity and connection through the shared reality that the messiness of adolescence isn't their fault. And it's not too late. It's never too late. Even if your kids no longer live in the house with you, it's not too late. Right? And I listen. And as I listen to them tell me about what is real and alive for them with their kids, parents typically focus on what they're experiencing, right? As their pain points. So she's drinking. He won't talk to us. The phone, nightmare, right? Screens. Curfew isn't being met. They're sneaking out. Parents get hyper-focused on what their teens are doing, right? On the mistakes they're making, the poor decisions and choices. They are scared, right? And feel like they have no control and very quickly move into the dead in the ditch storyline in their heads, of course, right? Of course, it makes sense. I get it. I go there. I was just there, like I said, with Rowan yesterday. This podcast is sponsored by Factor. Are you old enough to remember TV dinners? They came in those tin trays and each part of the meal had its own little compartment. I remember eating those and watching Happy Days, followed by Three's Company, maybe a little Laverne and Shirley. I am that old. Well, the situation has been totally upgraded by Factor. Factor makes delicious, ready-to-eat meals. And unlike those quick meals of the past, every meal from Factor is fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including meals that are calorie smart, protein plus, and keto if that's your thing. Also, there's more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. In my last order, we got red chicken chili tamale bowls and Italian sausage pizza casserole, as well as other delicious meals that my family loved. Plus, there's breakfast and smoothies and all sorts of other add-ons to make life simpler while also keeping it healthy. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. They've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Right now, head to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use code joyful50 to get 50% off. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50 to get 50% off. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. And when parents decide to invest in working together, we get to dig in into these storylines. And we get to tease apart what the actual pain points are. What are we most afraid of beyond dead in a ditch? And actually, let's swap that question from what are we afraid of to what is it that we want most for our kids, for our teens, for our growing young people? 
We want happiness, contentment, resilience, a sense of accomplishment, an inner compass, connection to their values, decision-making skills, interpersonal relationship skills. We want them to value health and well-being, to have personal responsibility and accountability, meaningful relationships, right? Time and time again, all of these show up in a long list of what we want most for our kids, who we want them to be, you know, post-adolescence as adults. So when we consider what we want most for our kids, these life skills and characteristics, and then we see them doing the things, making the choices, the pain points are really that they aren't demonstrating this list of things that we want for them and we get scared. They can't be content. They have no morals or values. They don't know what healthy relationship looks like. They've taken on victim mentality and blame others for their mistakes. They're impulsive (laughs) and all roads lead to dead in a ditch, right? But seriously, when we drill down beneath the choices and the behaviors, This is what we're most afraid of, right? We aren't seeing those skills on the surface and we worry that they'll never get there, that they'll be adults unable to navigate the real world, right? So let's take a collective breath. I see you and I get it. And I am in the practice of all of this too. Our emotional brains are sneaky (laughs) and really want us to sit inside of the worst case scenario. This probably can be connected to, you know, living in the cave and watching out for the saber-toothed tiger, right? If we weren't on high alert, we would be killed. That part of our brain still exists, right? So it makes sense that we feel this way. But we get to remember some things that we've learned about teen brain development, right? The first being that the prefrontal cortex, our decision-making center, is still under construction. It's still in development. So our teens, during the teen years, during adolescence, spend a lot of time in the amygdala. The amygdala is the emotional part of the brain the limbic system. This is why when kids have big emotional responses to things, whether it's breakups or not making the team or bad grades, they can't quite articulate what they were thinking because they were feeling, right? When they have these big emotional responses and behave, make their decisions and actions based on those emotional responses and then we're like, what were you thinking doing that? They say, I don't know, right? Because they weren't thinking, they were feeling. And I think the same, you know, can be true when they're making decisions from that highly emotional place. On one hand, it's the excitement, the possibility, the thrill that can pull them into a, yes, let's do it, right? Whatever it is, or it can be their fear, their self-consciousness, their self-doubt. Some of us have these kids that keep them in a hard no. I'm not going to try that. Meaning like, I'm not going to go out for the team or I'm not going to lean into AP versus regular math class or, you know, I'm not going to try out for the play because 
they're so overwhelmed by the emotions of self-doubt and fear and self-consciousness. And upon reflection, we want to know what's going on. What are you thinking? And again, tough for kids to know the answer when they were really in the feeling, right? When they were really in the feeling. And I don't want to feed the narrative that teens just have no clue and are idiots, right? There's a lot out there that is very dismissive of this period of time and very dismissive of teens in general. And, you know, they kind of set themselves up for that. But I think it's really important that we respect this era of development. I really have a lot of respect for this season. It's fascinating and exciting to me. Teen brain development isn't a mistake in nature. It is designed to transition kids into adulthood. So what I think is so important in this conversation about our pain points, what's hard, is to hold what our teens are going through in a place of tenderness and curiosity. Because remember, our teens are first-timers, right? They're first-timers. They're moving through their first intimate relationships, their first best friend breakup, their first opportunity to try on some adult things. They're coming to realize that their life is theirs to design, right? And that is equal parts, exciting and overwhelming. Where do they start? Because who the hell are they anyways? Oh, they can be anyone they want. Well, let me try on this for a while. Let me try that. Maybe I'll like this group over here. Maybe I will fit in with them. Do I fit in? What do I have to do to fit in? Am I willing to do it? What do I want? And are there shortcuts to getting there? Again, am I willing to take the shortcut? How does it feel after taking the shortcut? Oh shit, now I have to deal with consequences of the shortcut because the adults found out and are freaking out, right? You get my point. When we take a closer look at our teen's experience, their thinking makes sense, right? It's a shakeup. It's a shakeup in the brain, this period of time. In an article written by Dan Romer and originally published in The Conversation, he argues that it isn't an out-of-control teen brain that makes adolescence so messy. Instead, he concludes that it is because adolescents are immature in regard to experience that makes them vulnerable to mishaps. And for those with weak cognitive control, and a small percentage of our kids fall under this umbrella, the risks are even greater. But we should not let stereotypes of this immaturity color our interpretation of what they are doing. Teens are just learning to be adults, and this inevitably involves a certain degree of risk. I would add a certain degree of mistake-making, right? Poor decision-making. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. 
I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy The Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of The Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. Teenagers are just learning to be adults. I love that. They're learning to navigate their more expanded and independent role in the world and feeling things out with their limited skills and perspective, right? They are immature in regards to their experience. Yes. And their maturity grows as they accrue more experience. And this is what is so hard for us, right? We can tell them what'll happen till we're blue in the face. We can share our own mistakes and our own regrets. We can straight up say, not in my house, buddy. But humans learn from experience. Not only from experience, but from having a healthy person in their life to stand by them through those experiences. Those adults are checking their judgment at the door and looking to find all of the growing skills on display as the teen makes sense of their decision-making. This is how we can nurture their ongoing development of wisdom, right? Of wisdom that will continue to grow as they navigate the world, right? I really want to land this. And I know I say this pretty much every podcast. This is where we end up, right? How are we showing up for our kids? Are we showing up as a place that allows them to make sense of their experience? Or are we showing up as a place where they feel ever worse about the mistakes that they're making, right? So back to my situation with Rowan, my 20-year-old. Remember, she lives on her own now. She's out of the house, but it turns out We still have emotional responses to our kids, even when they've left the nest. Big surprise. So as hard as I tried, I, well, did I try that hard? Am I being honest? No, I was more reactive than trying hard. I was judgmental when talking to her about this decision that she explored. I was scared. 
I went right to dead in the ditch. And I was also really questioning her ability to see right from wrong, her morality. My pain points came up, those pain points of like, oh my God, who are you? And what's going to happen to you in the world? I was also, you know, I was just in so much judgment, you guys. Like bottom line, I was like, what do I got to say to make sure she? this is not a consideration for her ever again? And guess what? She felt all that energy in our conversation. I was scared. And rather than considering what I wanted to create in the conversation, I went in thinking, like I said, I got to make sure this that she knows this is not okay. And again, as I mentioned, she pulled away. She was repelled. Mission unaccomplished. And now my kid knows, well, mom can't handle this conversation without making me feel a certain way. So I guess we won't be talking about this. Ugh. I went to the gym. I worked out my body, took a long walk on the treadmill, really thought through the interaction, right? From a lot of different angles, owned what I brought to the interaction, how I created a dynamic that was not useful for either of us. And yeah, so by the time I got home, I really wanted to make things right. I wanted to reconnect with her. I wanted to own my shit. And I was way more clear-headed and could see actually inside of the experience that she had that she was developing some really important skills and was, you know, using them. So I did what every parent of an adolescent does when they want to be heard. I texted her. (laughs) And this is what I wrote. After further reflection, I did such a bad job of talking to you today. And then I sent a few eye roll emojis. You explored something for yourself. You felt it out and made a decision that was right for you. You held your boundaries and lived into your values. And that is exactly what I want for you, all of it, including the experiencing of your experience. So again, I'm just recognizing the judgment and assumptions that I brought to the conversation and any other experience you had of me making you feel any certain way. You continue to inspire me. And it's so weird to be the parent. I'm always trying to be better for you and for myself. And I hit send. And it wasn't long before I got a response. And she wrote, thank you for saying that. I felt really hurt and annoyed. And then we moved on. We've moved on. So, you know, remember, while their behavior and their choices and decisions may make you crazy, our teens are in their own world of figuring things out, of discovering who they are, and of trying on this adult stuff. Dig deeper to find the real pain points for you. And look for all the ways that your child is developing those skills that you want for them. And if you're listening to that and you're like, yeah, well, it's hard to find them, those skills, I want you to listen and look deeper, right? I want you to listen and look deeper. And you know my jam over here, relationship is everything. Relationship is where they can make sense of their experiences and where they can be seen inside of their behavior. That's your work. Seeing the kid, seeing the young adult, seeing the teenager inside of the behavior, right? Keep working on that. They want you in their life. They want your love and acceptance. 
They want your faith in them. Respect their requests and respect their process. Trust their development. All right? Trust their development. Per usual, I hope that was useful to you. I really just am so grateful for this space to continuously kind of tease all of this apart, right? I know that it's not super cut and dry. I know that it's not, you know, three steps for getting rid of your pain points, but that's not real, right? That's not real. What's real is that this experience of parenting through adolescence is really messy, right? It's messy. It's messy to experience it. It's messy to talk about it. And I'm just really grateful for this space to come in and roll around in the messy with all of you. So thanks for listening. If you have any thoughts, questions, feedback, you can always email me at Casey at joyfulcourage.com. I'm here for you. If you want to explore some coaching with me, I'm also here for that. Go to besproutable.com slash explore and you can get on my, what do you call it? Schedule. Yes, schedule. All the love to you, all the solidarity, all the connection. I see you. You're doing it. You're moving through it. I'll be back next week with another solo show. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in today. Thank you so much to my Sproutable partners, Julieta and Alana, as well as Danielle and Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for all the support with getting this show out there and helping it to sound so good. Check out our offers for parents with kids of all ages and sign up for our newsletter to stay better connected at besproutable.com. Tune back in on Monday for a brand new interview and I will be back solo with you next Thursday. Have a great day. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.